You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get out of here. Way back, hooks up. There's a cycle. You can put it on the board. Yes! A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He has hit for the cycle. All right, all right, all right. It's bonus episode time yes. on the cycle. Bonus means bonus means uh, we kind of made some mistakes last week, so we're we're just making yeah, it right. This week that's it's that's like, what bonus. It's like means, extra right? innings. It's a makeup game, right? We yes. had we recorded. It was actually Jim Flanning and I. We talked to Dion Cole and Elio Castroneves. They were both here the same night. They each threw out a first pitch, and we talked with both of them, and it was a lot of fun. Dion Cole is like a, a hidden Chicago treasure. His name, his imprint, and the Chicago and and comedy right now is is everywhere. You know, with uh, Conan, Blackish, Barbershop, Barbershop Three. Um, he got, did the he did the the Shaq All Star Comedy Jam with him. It was like him. It was three Chicago comics. He's got the other on show that. on TBS too. The right um, uh, Angie Tribeca. Angie Tribeca. It's, he's He's fantastic, and he's about to record his. Uh, he's about to his hour special on Comedy Central. Yeah, he already topic. recorded it. Right, it's we about talked to about that. But he's going to air. Yeah, right. yeah. And uh, you know, we certainly are aware of him being in the comedy world. Many of you may not know who he is, but you will. Not, at, you know, after this, and you got to check him out. Very talented guy, very funny, and his acting is great too. So he's gonna. He's on if, the climb, if right? You would if if you would compare him to a baseball player. What what would you? How would you compare like him as a comic? Like, how would you compare him? Well, he's a real versatile guy. So he's a guy like can play a few different positions. Right, a guy that can, uh, you know, maybe like a. I don't want to say Tyler Saladino because Tyler's like a little bit younger. Like Deion's yeah. been in the game a little bit. Maybe like a. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a good good example from. Uh, hmm. I see. For me, he's like. Um, I don't even look. I look at it like almost like Vladimir Guerrero. Remember, like like you throw Vladimir Guerrero like the cra- he would hit the craziest pitches out of the park. Right. Like no matter what, it'd be like down and away, and he just golf shot it, and it'd be going opposite field. Like like that's who Deion Cole is. He's just such a like you can't get anything past him. He covers everything, and you you guys. Whenever he's around, you had to go see him. He's a real treat, and he'd be great if you work with him and you had to introduce him. And you're like, ladies and gentlemen. The Vladimir Guerrero of comedy. Vladimir Guerrero of stand-up comedy. (laughs) And everybody would be like, wait, what? (laughs) That name is hilarious to me, Vladimir Guerrero. It's like... Sounds like it's like sounds like Russian, right? <laughs> oh, we are. So he, uh, it's like a hockey game, right? It's a, it's a hockey game. No, baseball. Well, that guy was good. I remember in the uh, playoffs in '05. Every time he came to plate, I was like, "Oh, oh boy, man. just be oh, careful man. with this guy." Right. Right. He ended up not hurting the White Sox that At series. All. No one hurt the White Sox. No, they didn't. Four complete games. <laughs> no one hurt the White Sox. Four complete series. games. Has anyone ever really wrapped their head around? No one incredible? has ever given that team the credit that they deserve. They talked about the best. World Series teams of all time. We, ESPN did that. We got no mention. Yeah. They put the Red Sox, who came back from three games, down to the Yankees in there, but not the White Sox, who, whose pitching was the best. Lost one game the whole postseason. Well, anyway, we, we digress. This episode is fun. And Elio Castroneves is a IndyCar racer. He's been on Dancing with the Stars. He was like, we finished the interview and he's like, that's it? Like we came in, He was like, dude, you got to get out there. You're about to throw out the first pitch. And then uh, we, I had a, like a side bet with someone um, in the public relations team out on the field, just a friendly bet about who would who would bring it, the, the better throw. Right. And I put it on Castro Nevis. Right. And I got to say, Castro Nevis did have a better throw than Dion. Dion is no Vladimir Guerrero, man. He's got no arm. Listen, Kashinov is a is an athlete, and speed is his game. So you would think he's going to throw a little heat. But he's right? Brazilian. He grew up playing soccer. He doesn't like. But here's why I picked him. He, he's thrown out a first pitch like five or six times. He's done it before. He's done it all over the country. He's a hack. He's a hack. <laughs> he is. He's a, he's a first pitch hack. If he's you a had ringer. A, if you had to compare him to a comedian, 
<laughs> I will not do that. I will not fall for that one, Pat McGann. All right, so uh, enjoy this episode. A lot of fun. Deanne Cole and Elio Castro-Nevis. I feel like we are getting spoiled here on the cycle. Um, and in every episode, our level of guests just seems to raise and raise. It's pretty exciting. I mean, crossing over into a, a completely different sport, but also just a different level of celebrity status. Yeah. Joining us now is Elio Castroneves. Wow. Thank you for the intro, guys. This is impressive. huh? I, I got to come back here more often. Eh? <laughs> wow. Hey, please hey do. we haven't started right, yet. Trust me. Trust <laughs> me. When I go home, my wife does not go, go like that. I say, hey, where you put this? Where you put that? I was like, honey, do this. Honey, do that. It's just like a normal. You should be asking her that. Like, do you have any idea who I am? <laughs> he does not fly at home like that. If I said that, my friend, I would sleep in a, in a dog house. <laughs> Literally. So this is a thrill to have you here. You're here to throw out the first pitch. That's right. So I'm going to ask you, because we've we had people on here before as they're yep. about to go out there. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty uh, pretty good. I need to do a little warm-up later on. But uh, I, again, I, I'm a Brazilian, so baseball, it's not our first sport. You right. know, we don't. Right throw stuff you uh, kick it we kick it correct you, you you got that right man that's pretty good <laughs> i'm impressed uh but um i had the opportunity to play to uh to already throw a first uh, uh pitch before okay and um, where at uh, i've been to the dodgers uh i've been to the st louis cardinals uh i've been to um um i i one more i actually oh tigers tigers sorry yeah the tigers in fact uh that's we don't right. like the Tigers here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Friends. Yeah, one of my <laughs> good friends was becoming. It was uh, um, uh, Pudge Rodriguez. Oh, okay. And he played for the Tigers. I remember. The thing is, the Tigers because uh, my uh, team owner, which is Roger Penske, Penske. he's from Detroit. And uh, oh, Penske's so, from Detroit. Yes. All right. He's I the man. Know that. Now, yeah, so I, I had some some experience. Yeah. Sounds like, but, but still, but believe it or not, but you the Angels. Oh, I also threw. Oh, the, the Angels. Angels. Yes. How many went over the plate? Huh? How many went over the plate? How many? How many would you consider a good strike? One. <laughs> one? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's still well, pretty good. Yeah. Let's make it two. You're right. You're if right, you right. throw it over the plate, will you climb the fence behind home oh, plate? You, well, let <laughs> me tell you. Uh, <laughs> the, the fence is reserved for the Indy 500. Okay. So, uh, All right. But I hope the crowd enjoy so, it. And uh, well, let's great see, if you man. just dropped a slider in there. Is that right? And just like, you Okay, know, explain to me as a slider. We'll, we'll go over it. All right. You guys got racing terms. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get into racing because you say that baseball is not – you know, number one sport in Brazil. Correct. Where, where is auto racing? Is it very popular? It is. Yeah. It is. Auto racing. Uh, uh, Brazilians, they love their car. I mean, and, and some guys, they treat their car better than their wives, you know. So it's uh, actually very... That happens uh, in everywhere. more than one country. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here we go. So, uh, but certainly, uh, they, they are passionate about cars. And, and because of that, racing, it's become a sport. Still, soccer, the number one sp- uh, sport in Brazil. Sure. But, but uh, racing, it, it, it comes second. And you are a racing legend, living legend. The only active um, indie racer to have three times you won the Indianapolis That's 500. That's right. Wow. Oh, one. You, you went back to back. Huh? Your yeah. first two? My first two, That's man. I, first try. I, I'm always good when it's, everything's new. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm like, ah. I love it's like first try. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, do you want to do the Indy 500? <laughs> Elio? That's fine. I'll, I'll just win it. I'll yeah, try. I'm just going to go out there and win. So it, it was funny um, uh, because I knew the race, obviously, uh, but I, 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 ha- I didn't have the experience. And uh, but I remember doing my, uh, my homework, talking to all the experienced drivers like Rick Mears, uh, Alan Sr., uh, Alan Jr. So I'm like, guys, what are we going to expect? What's happening? Bobby Answer, I remember. So all these guys, I was doing my, my homework trying to understand what, what could happen. And let me tell you, there was, there was a great, a great uh, uh, stuff I got info, information for yeah. when I was driving. I was like, oh, I remember. Such as what? Yeah. Like what's something that you got One guy, obviously uh, Rick Mears is the one that he said, hey, you just got to take it easy, man, because the first – First 150 laps, you're not you're not gonna go anywhere. You just gotta be in the top 10 to make sure that. And you how have a fast chance. are you going on average? Uh, back then, it's still pretty much the same. It was about 220, 221. It oh, that's it. Yeah, this yeah. shit. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> a little bit faster now. Now we're about 228, 230. So it's uh, it's 10 mile an hour faster because of technology. Uh, uh, these days becoming we not only. We might not go in fast and straight away, yeah. we're super fast in the corners. When you hear people talk about sports and they talk about like you know playing in the NFL or basketball or like the hardest thing to do is hit a baseball, do you ever be like, well, hey, guys, what about 
What about what I do? <laughs> I know. Driving I know. 228 yeah. miles an hour. I understand. I, I understand sometimes they, they, they don't, you know, compare. And even they say drivers sometimes, uh, I, I heard people say not athlete. But the thing is, when you have a sport that you, and, and I kind of under, try to understand what they're saying because you're not running, you're not sprinting, you're not using your, uh, basically, your, 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 I mean, uh, uh, the agility like the other guys do. But we don't have power steering wheel. We don't have uh, a cup holder or, or stereo, you know, so <laughs> or AC, you know. It's not like you drive an ordinary car. No, it's, uh, it's everything. It's translate whatever you got. It's going straight to the steering wheel. So we about, in some of the tracks, four to six uh, Gs. Uh, uh, pulling six G, so imagine. It's, oh yeah, no power steering's got to be. At, it's it's some level. Sometimes some corners are so difficult that you cannot go faster because you can't turn the car. So yeah. it's one of those uh, uh, things that experience that it's difficult to translate to an ordinary person. But trust me, we train hard. In but fact, also, when these other sports, your life is not hanging in yeah, the balance yeah, the entire yeah, yeah, time. No, right. true, true, true. But uh, in fact, um, are there times you've been like scared? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like when coming here on the Dan Ryan. I was, cars. I was, I was like, man, what am I going to expect from these guys? But uh, now it's uh, it's sometimes when you don't feel comfortable, you know, you're like, man, if I push it, it's not. I know it's something's going to happen. So you just stop, make a change, and yeah. I'm like, oh, now I feel better. Let's now let's push. You know, on average like in a uh, a race like the the Indy 500, how many times will you stop in that? This race, uh, it's probably going to be six to seven stops, which uh, normal normally uh, any race is about two to three stops. So this is like way more. It's double uh, the time that we stop, which means it's just like a marathon. Yeah. You're thinking like a marathon. So Something else I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, me. I get it now. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> me either. But, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, there is stages, you know, that you go, some people like you can go full power on a marathon. So... But now, the way the technology is on the cars, you gotta be full power all the time because yeah. uh, you, you can't just break away from anybody. So you gotta be. It's 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 pretty intense. I can't imagine. I mean, I really can't. I also can't imagine getting in your car in Indianapolis, driving 500 miles, and then getting out of your car and you're still in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah, you, you you run pretty fast when it's 500 miles. But uh, you mentioned Rick Mears, and uh, there's a guy who is a Penske guy, right? Yep. And he also um, has four. Does he have four? Yeah, he won four times. He won four times, and he's my spotter. Is your spotter? So what's do you, are you thinking at all that he's like <laughs> gonna be helpful? A oh no, 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 no! Yeah, he, uh, he like, just make a right. No, it's funny. <laughs> it's actually funny that you mentioned that because Rick is uh, for me. He's he's my hero. He's the man. But you know, there it happens before that I'm in the pit and he's like outside, outside. I was like, uh, Rick, that's not me. I'm yeah. in the pits. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was you. So I'm like, okay, should I be worried or not? You know, but it right. was just that when we used to have sometimes colors of the car, the paint scheme, because we changed paint scheme quite a lot. And sometimes it's difficult for you to spot from far away sure. because when when car look alike, you can you can confuse. So I'm glad my car is actually the Shell Penzoil, the yellow submarine. Remember right. those colors? That, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's actually the color that Rick uh, won four, four times. So it's... There is so much tradition on this. What about three? What about the, is there some a story behind number three? A story behind his number Be, three. No, or my your number car. Three? Your number three. Oh, wow. there was a, there was a different sponsor. That's the one you see here, my celebrator. So um, they're not they're not uh, sponsoring us anymore. So, but it's okay. But aren't you car number three? I'll, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah, car yeah, is number number three. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a story behind that or? Well, that's the, the from the team. It's not from uh, the oh, team. Okay. It's actually uh, Penske actually is going to complete to this year is a 50th anniversary. So they are the one that I drive for them, and they're, I, I'm fortunate to be driving for so many years with a number three that's becoming kind of like, yeah, uh, Simon, yeah, you know. So, uh, but you're right; it's uh, it's the team's uh, owns it owns the number. You also, I mean, you're part of it, like you said, an incredible team at Penske. Um, right now, not only obviously do you have the big race where we're hoping you you tie Mir's record, but you're also having an incredible season, and uh, you're toward the top of the standings. But part of being part of Team Penske, like you're chasing teammates. How weird of a yeah, feeling is that it's, sometimes? It's incredible. Uh, first of all, I have an incredible teammate, and they are super talented. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, it's in, it's that's why they were with Team Penske. Team Penske doesn't mess around, you know? So it, it's great when you're competing with your, your teammates because the way I see it, 
it make you're gonna make me better so yeah. i can actually study their data i can actually look what they're doing and and, and actually test the strength and weakness and say you know what i can do better than this and this and and make it happen and in the end when you beat one of your teammates i'm telling you 90 <laughs> percent, you end up beating everybody else on the field so it's just to show that yeah, those right. guys are really the guys good in your, yeah. you know so that's why it's uh it's uh it's great to have teammates but it sucks when they are doing so well and you're like what the heck am i doing 20 here i mean it doesn't make sense but it it is what it is racing sometimes is difficult to explain you mentioned uh, earlier the the color yellow and the yellow submarine. I mean, yeah, and I, I noticed that when you won Dancing with the Stars, you were wearing good job. <laughs> wearing I'm yellow. Impressed. This is actually impressive. Is that why? Is that why you went with the yellow? No, yeah, well, I wish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish. Okay. Well, I thought you were impressed for a second. I, I was I impressed. I was onto something. No, it was good. It was good. It was the. But let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you know what dance was that? It was the. Um, Mm. Well, what was it called? Do, 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 do. <laughs> Here the, we go. Uh, the anteater? No, was it was not the, the uh, anteater. Classic anteater? What was that name of that? No, no. Can't Buy Me Love? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only dance I know. No, it wasn't the mambo. It was no, the... Uh, it was... It's quick. Something quick. Uh, come on. That was a big hit. Oh, no. Come the on. Two, I don't know. Quick. Quick step. Quick step. Quick step. That was a quick step. Oh, man. You gave me half the answer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It was cool. It was really it, the the name of the song was like Pachuco. Was with a lot of a. Uh, it was really cool. Very. And you, uh, the finals, you beat the girl from Spice Girls. Right? Yes. Uh, Puka, let's be honest. She's a dancer. She's <laughs> a dancer. I, I understand. Life. I understand. I understand. Of course, you should have won, but she shouldn't even have been in there. Like you were. Like that impressed me that you stepped way out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I mean, and, and Julian Huff. I oh mean, come on! I, what's better funny. than it's funny? Uh, you're probably gonna have the same answer, but uh, uh, I ask a lot of people, uh, especially my friends. Hey, did you see me? How how do you think my dance is like? I have no idea, but dude, I was watching the girl. Yeah. I had no, I, I never saw you dance. I was watching her. The only time I, I watched you were grabbing her. That's where I was like, oh, come <laughs> on. Come on. So, but. And you're a married man, right? Uh, now I am. Before yeah. Well, I but, wasn't. Oh, so at that time you were not. Yeah, correct. No, okay. So talk about that. Talk about Julianne, <laughs> oh, that oh, relationship. Oh, well, yeah. well, no, that, that was, that was just on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that, that show is real life. No, no, no. <laughs> it no, happened. No, no. You guys were really doing that. We were, <laughs> no, we're just, we're very good friends. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was a great. Are you still in touch with her? Uh, not really. Now it's uh, she. She's doing her own thing, which is she became a huge celebrity. But like, if you were to text her, would she respond to you? If I, you were to text her from my phone, I th- would, no, she, probably. would she hit you back? Yeah, um, I I don't know. Or gyms. She. I remember. I, I got it. The times <laughs> that she texted me was when she's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, but my phone got uh, uh, hacked, so you, you might receive some phone calls." And I did. Oh, really? And so I had to change my number. So uh, uh, because it was hacked. So it was. You change your uh, numbers. You weren't three anymore. Uh, no, it was not three. <laughs> <laughs> the phone number. So it was cool. But she, I, I guarantee you. I mean, when we when we text, uh, uh, it won't be a problem. Hopefully. Do you still dance a lot? You have a daughter, right? I do have a Are you daughter. Teaching her how to dance. Dancing is great, man. It it's is. Like a I good totally agree. I tried to put my daughter. Uh, in fact, the reason that I went back on dancing with, so I went in 2007. Then I went back in the the All Stars, which was 2012. Because I want my daughter to see me dancing, uh, my wife. That's yeah. I didn't last mu- long. It was only three weeks. But <laughs> but you you weren't assigned to Julian. No, Huff it either. was actually Chelsea. Is that because Hightower. of your? The, no, the, the, no, 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 no. She wasn't there because anymore. of the romance you guys had during no, seven. No, stop it. No, <laughs> no, she wasn't there anymore. She uh, and it was Chelsea Hightower, which was she was sweetheart. Unfortunately, that uh, we didn't last long. But uh, my little girl, she she likes to play music, not to dance. And yeah, uh, that's cool. How old is your daughter? She's six. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so she will remember this. I hope so. She's actually, she played cello now. She, she started playing cello, so which is pretty cool. How so do you explain awesome. to her that when you win the biggest race in the world, you drink milk? Um, oh, I say milk's good for you. So, uh, <laughs> do you get to pick the milk? Like, do you, are you like, hey, if I win, I want skim or I want whole? Yep. They give you actually a, a, a few uh, possibilities what you want. So they have skim milk, 2%, chocolate milk, and... Uh, Soy milk. So uh, those are the four that you can. Has choose. anyone that won ever picked soy? I doubt it. I, I doubt it. I mean, back <laughs> then, I if you lose to someone this weekend who's drinking soy, mm. we're gonna be in we're touch. Gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> talk to it. We're gonna talk to him. And say, dude, you don't drink soy milk. <laughs> <laughs> On the rare occasions you haven't won the Indy 500, how long does it take before you can drink milk again? 
Like you have like a self-imposed ban for a few days where you won't have cereal or anything? <laughs> no, man. I love milk, man. Okay. I really enjoy right. milk. So I'm one of those guys that I have no issues I'd with. I'd be kind of mad at it for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Here's a question that I'm not proud of asking. <laughs> uh -oh. um, but you got to drive for however many hours. Correct. And you got to stay hydrated. <laughs> Correct. You know where I'm going with this. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you want to answer that or is it something I'm sure? But you got to explain to our fans here or our viewer or listeners. So what are you talking about? You have that all worked out. You have a system uh, yeah. that if you have to get rid of something. That liquid or solid? Just liquid. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm, I'm not lose a big those fans. I don't know, man. You, I don't know where you're going. So if you have to go to number one, you know, or number two, uh, I, you got number two. I think you. I suggest you to do an extra pit stop. <laughs> I mean, you cannot. You cannot. But then it wouldn't be called pit stop. It, well, <laughs> you would be. You'd be slowest. You're right. I hear you now. I got you. But uh, <laughs> but I tell you what. Um, I prepare myself, and I think most of the drivers do that. They do their business before any type of scenario. But I do have. Uh, uh, actually. It would be fun to see if people can answer that. Who is the my one of my teammates? I'm not gonna say who which one it is. He does do the number one in the car. In the car. In yeah. the car. <laughs> you got to right. Is it Simon? I I, I you you got you got to go my, in my Twitter and send the, and right. send a, send the answer and then I'll I'll reply to see if it's here, yes or not. You're uh, very ac um, active on Twitter too, by the way. I I enjoy it. I actually um, it's funny because I my birthday was May 10. So it was kind of like a, a month ago. Happy and, birthday. Uh, thank you. And I, I, I had the challenge to answer every birthday that people were sending me. Really? Wow. And let me tell you, man, it was super cool because I was responding to everyone like, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Some people that are following me, especially some of the drivers, they were getting mad because they were getting like the notified. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All the time, so they have to unfollow. So come on, Eddie, stop, stop replying. So I said no because it's really cool to uh, to respond to the fans. So I, I enjoy it. To, uh, oh man, you're to class act. I, I like that it. about you. And you're such a you you have so many sides. You you do the dancing. You're uh, an active tennis player. I enjoyed playing tennis. Yes, uh, I play with. Uh, you know, every the end of the year, Chris Everett, uh, she threw a good event in West Palm or Boca, West Palm Beach. I'm sorry, and and it's great because you end up meeting all of the other people. And I and I and I, I like outdoor yeah. sport. Let's put it this way. Have you played with some big names? I play with uh, Martina Navratilova, with Anna Kournikova, with. Um, Are you Martina still in touch Higgins. with Anna Kournikova? I uh, no no. What if we were to text her from? <laughs> Anna, I don't know. She, she actually with the, um, the singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we know. Oh, Iglesias. Iglesias. And you also there. wrote a book, Victory Road. Correct. Ride of My Life. And, man, you've done so much. And now you got to get out there and throw out another first pitch so we won't yes. keep you. Uh, we do want. Uh, oh, I was having a good time. I know, but they're telling us you got to get out there and get loose. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'll, you going to take the watch off or are you going to wear the... Oh yeah, probably gonna take this watch because otherwise my arm is gonna. Yeah, we're gonna together. try and come out and watch and watch your pitch. Oh, thank yeah. you. Um, you guys are gonna make fun. No problem. Not I, at all. We want to plug your Twitter. We want to wish you first of all the best of luck this weekend. Thank Absolutely. You. In thank the you. Indianapolis 500, you're going for your fourth win, the only active driver with three Indy 500 wins, which is just such an amazing accomplishment. A lot of people know you from Dancing with the Stars. What is um, one thing that you would like to tell the people listening to this that might they might not know about you? Well, I don't want to. They know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is the best answer we've That's ever fair. had. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell them something. What they, they, something they, they might not know about you. They might not know about me. My life is an open book. Your life is an open book. So that's why I wrote a book, so they can see, they can know everything about me. Well, we enjoyed sitting down here and talking with you, and uh, I think you're going to make a, a lot of fans while you're here in Chicago. What a great Thank personality. You. What a great uh, ambassador for the sport of IndyCar racing. Um, that's Elio Castroneves. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck tonight. Have a good Thank you. All right. Joining us now on The Cycle is Dion Cole, comedian, Actor, writer, you do it all, man. I try to. <laughs> <You> try to. <laughs> I try to do it all.
But before you're doing what you're doing now, you're, you're, you're from Chicago, right? Yeah, born and raised. That's where I got my chops at. What part of Chicago? Southside. Southside of Chicago. Yeah. Where, where at? Like uh, the hundreds, like around 117th. And then I moved out to Dalton, Illinois and went to Thorn Ridge. And, oh, nice. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so. Southside too. Like Beverly, Morgan Park area. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was my, I used to hang out there a lot too. I used yeah. to go to parties on Longwood Street. You guys ended our high school basketball career. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lost to Thornridge. Me and my nice, yeah, nice. Everybody. None of these guys play. You got some friends with you here. These guys played today because I had to get. Oh, okay, this guy's from. He played too. for Thorn. He played basketball for Thornridge. Oh, he did. Nice. Yes. This is your friend. Yeah. Can yeah. you ask him to step out of the room? While we do this? <laughs> Dave Parker, <laughs> Chris McDonald. Yeah. yeah. So, are, did you grow up a Sox fan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Before I even knew. About the socks, it was just the colors alone that I loved, you know. It yeah, was right. always something rough and rugged when it came to, like, I'm, I'm a big hip-hop head, yeah. so it was, like, real cool, like, with Ice Cube and, like, Public Enemy, and everybody used to wear, like, socks gear. Oh, that like, was it. Oh, yeah, so I was just representing you know, just that alone. I mean, also loving the socks as a team as well, you know. Yeah, and then you came up um, in Chicago in the comedy scene. Talk about that. Like where did you? Were you a jokes and notes guy? Were you a? Uh, were you coming down? Yeah, it was this? a club called All Jokes Aside back in the day, and that's why I started that. It was on like Ninth and State, and we used to perform down there a lot, and also at the Cotton Club, we used to go there and perform a lot, and a lot of players used to come there too and hang out and. Bulls, Bears, Sox, uh, Cubs players used to come through and just hang out or whatever uh, over at the Cotton Club, and uh, uh, yeah, that's why. And that's South Loop, right? Crap. Yeah, yeah, South yeah. Loop. And, uh, yeah, we uh, started my craft there and built and built and was at Second City for a, for a short second. I had a group called The Forgotten City. Oh, yeah. We used to do skits around the, around the city a lot. You know, we would rent out a, bar, bar, um, a ballroom and do sketches and stuff, yeah, all around town. And then we got a deal out in Hollywood, and uh, we got signed and uh, – the guy that was managing us at the time jumped on some E True Hollywood story stuff and took the money and <laughs> got women and Ferraris and drugs. And left you guys with nothing. <laughs> left, us, left us high and dry. How long ago was that? What time frame? Man, this is probably probably about good 11, 12 years wow. ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, where is he now? I have no idea. <laughs> He's not the first pitch day, I'll tell you that. <laughs> He's right here. We have him tonight. <laughs> we have Bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're out in Where's my money, you bastard? <laughs> yeah, right. And now you're out in LA and you're doing so much. I know you write for Conan. Mm -hmm. And you're still doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. I do. Well, actually, I do like freelance work with Conan now. Instead of sitting at a desk every yeah. day like I used to, now I just if something in the news is like really popping, like he'll call me up and we'll like see. It. Like if I can do it, I'll do it. I definitely try to do it. Or if I see something in the news, I'll call him up and be like, you know, yo, or the head writer Mike Sweeney will sit back, or Matt O'Brien will be like, yo, we should do this, and we'll put our heads together and make it happen. And you, know. you had so much success doing stand-up, but then having that Second City experience probably helped with the sketches. I know you did a lot of sketches on that show, too. Yeah, yeah, we did a lot of, lot of sketches, definitely. But when Conan hired me, he had no idea that I, that I um, wrote. He just hired me on a whim. Like, I didn't submit anything. I went on the show as a guest. Did four and a half minutes of stand up, and then he just hired me the next, like about two weeks later. He was just like, "Come on, that's I want incredible. You to come write for me. That's, that's great. That's every yeah, comment. and that was the Tonight Show days, correct? Yeah, that was the Tonight that's Show. Awesome. So, did you move to New York for that point? Yeah, that yeah. Well, actually, I was out, actually I was already in LA. Okay. I was promised a, a job at DreamWorks to do animation for my voice, and I was supposed to do like uh, I had a deal to do like three cartoons that was coming out on DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg and. When I went out there and who's that? to take the job, <laughs> <laughs> this little dude, little dude named no, little dude made ET and no, <laughs> no but he, um, yeah. When I got out there, they wouldn't even open the gates for me. They just was like, no, we don't know who you are, and they just hired me like maybe a month earlier, and I was just embarrassed, too embarrassed to come home, so. That can relate to that. We do this podcast here. I pulled up in front of Gate 4 the other day. I had my wife with me. We were recording an episode with Chicago Sky, and I'm like, I'm on the media list to park here. No, I wasn't. No, you wasn't. 
<laughs> the one and time then, I bring my wife. And the one, it's always that time. <laughs> right. It's always the same. You bring some friends and then the chaos. But that doesn't happen anymore. Like, not often at least. Like, a guy does a set on a late night show and then that becomes the big break. Yeah, that was, I mean, I wasn't thinking that at all. I, it was It was bigger than, than what I, than I thought. Like, a lot of people don't understand, like, being from South Side of Chicago, you think big, but you don't think that it'll happen to you or whatever. So for me to start writing for him, and then all of a sudden I'm nominated for two Emmys, and I got three Writers Guild Awards, and then I'm going on tour, 30 Day City Tour, riding in private jets and shutting down hotels for us to check in, and, you know, then going to another TV show and then getting my own TV show out of it, it was... It was a little, a little overwhelming. It's still trying to be a father and a friend. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was, it was overwhelming. This podcast is making me feel worse about my career. Uh, <laughs> no, so. I didn't know that stuff. I didn't even know what I was. No, I didn't know what I was doing. I well, yeah, no, you. we have that too. To go from, uh, <laughs> from stand up to a, a day job, really. Yeah, being a writer yeah, on, on yeah, staff, yeah, like that's got that's a lifestyle change. Yeah, it was, zero. and then probably not one that you love right away, right? Yeah, no, nah, it was zero to sixty. Like I, I almost quit because. I didn't know the magnitude of what I was getting into. It was just like, all I knew was just like a, a writer's life. I mean, a comic's life, which is, you know, you go to bed at four in the morning, you get up at four in the afternoon, right. and then yeah. you go do stand-up all night, and that's it. But this was, no, you wake up at 7 a.m., you at work at 9, and then you're sleepy by 9 o'clock, and you got to get ready for work, and there's no stand-up involved and none of that, so... And when you're writing stand-up or when you're writing monologue jokes or jokes for the show, do you start to, like, lose track of your own – not your own voice, but, like, your own stuff? Like, man, I got to work on my act, too. Yeah, you do, but that's the grind, and that's what you have to be attentive of. You have to always look out for yourself as well because I did. I lost myself for years writing for Conan. Then it got to a point where I had to, you know. um, Conan did a movie called Can't Stop, and it was about the tour – yeah. It was about us being on tour. And in that movie, I closed out the tour every night doing like 15, 10 minutes of stand-up. Oh, that's like, nice. Closing the show out. And that's when the movie pressure. came out, I wasn't in the movie. And it kind of hurt my feelings. Then that's when Kind of felt like you are at that gate again. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And I just felt like, you know what, it's time to think about myself for a yeah. second. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started doing my own show and... And now, June 25th, you got an hour special coming out on Comedy hour Central. Hour special, yes. Hour you got to be excited about Central. that. Yes, my first hour special. I had a half hour special on Comedy Central, but this yeah. is like like an hour special that, uh, that And I'm for people listening, there. like half hour special is, is a great accomplishment. Huge. They give it to maybe a larger group of people. Yeah. The hour special is, is even more yeah. prestigious. So yeah. what are you talking about on this special? Well, I'm just talking about observational things, uh, life, um, bettering yourself. A lot, a lot of uh, it's like a, it's almost like a, a seminar. You know, it's about just bettering people and, and family and friends and just different situations that you wouldn't normally hear pe- people be in. You Where know? are you going to so, record it? I already shot it. Oh, you already shot yeah, it. Yeah, I shot it on Capitol Hill in Washington D.C. Oh, nice, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess by good. now it's already May. Yeah, yeah. So I'm shooting the next week, and it'll be out the week after that. How no. much? Uh, how much do you have? How much involvement do you have in the editing? Well, I I ended up recording maybe an hour and fifteen minutes, yeah. and I had to chop that down to an hour, and then I had to chop the hour down to fifty, which is the broadcast time and then i had to chop the 50 to a 40 because that's the rerun time yeah so first of all chopping three minutes of all your material is hurtful right and then when you chop 10 you almost like crying right then you had to drop <laughs> another 10 <laughs> you're like <laughs> did you think about having conan open for you and be like yeah you're gonna be in it <laughs> and then send it to him and he's like where am i <laughs> nowhere ginger <laughs> nowhere remember that <laughs> Yeah, right? so, nah, I, mean, I still love Conan. Shout out to Conan. No, <laughs> no, he's great. And you guys have done some incredible spe- sketches. And Thanks. on top of working with him, I mean, your own hour coming out, which again, congrats. That's a huge accomplishment. Thank You're you. also tied to two of the biggest projects in television right now. I mean, two of the, the coolest, hottest new things. And Angie Tribeca, which I know is coming back June 6th for the second season. Yes. And Blackish as well, correct? Yes, Blackish. Yes, we just finished the second season of Blackish. And. Third season is picked up already, and I think we start shooting in August. And uh, the second season in Tribeca is June 6th, and uh, 
We can't wait for everybody to see it, man. That's Definitely. great. Shout out to Steve and Nancy Carell. Who yeah, you're working with oh, Steve yeah. Carell. That's got to be fun. Yeah, huh? yeah, it's crazy. Is he on set a lot? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he comes and directs and gives us guidance. I mean, with this show, the hardest part is not laughing. You know, yeah. that's the hardest part. You got you got to play as straight as if it's like CSI because that's what makes it funny. And yeah. Who else to better to learn it from than the best straight man in the game, which sure. is Steve Carell. So he teaches us how not to laugh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's great at it. So, yeah. How long? I mean, because comics and, and actors in general, just you work so hard for one show that even gets picked up for a second season. You know, you've had your own show. I mean, like to have two shows going right now that are both going into their, you know, to, to additional year runs, how's that feeling? Yeah, I mean, most shows get canceled right away. I mean, that's just the nature of the business, you know, to, to, to have lightning striking a bottle twice is unheard of. And I am in a very unique situation that a lot of actors and especially comics are in. And, uh, I'm blessed, and a lot of people don't know, but it's 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 it's, it's very it's very hard. But I'm not complaining though, because I remember when I had nothing to do. Right. And so I would rather take this and stay sleepy yeah. every day and tired and take do you, vitamins. Do you work with an acting coach? Like I feel like you know comics, like you can make fun of actors sometimes about mm-hmm. how serious they are about yeah. you know how they take it and their approach and everything. And comedians, I think, are just performers naturally. So do you? Yeah. Is there a, a big difference between? doing stand-up and then like being in a TV show or being in a movie? Yeah, well, being in a movie or, or a television show is actually you becoming someone else, so you get to escape who you are and become someone else. But you, you, get, you bring your own voice to it you, a lot you, of times? You bring your own per- perspective to it, you know, and what you think this person would be like. You know, if, if you can imagine how this person should be like, I, what I do is I imagine the best way that this person can be and then become that person, you know, like, uh, Charlie on Black is just different than DJ Tanner on um, Angie Tribeca. So, you know, he, uh, he's a more procedural guy. Everything is straight to the book on Angie Tribeca. Uh, Charlie is more mysterious and quirky and, yeah. and you know, off-put. Any horrible audition stories? Yeah, I, all my auditions are horrible. <laughs> I've never, awkward, I've right? never got anything I auditioned for. Yeah. No, everything that I've ever gotten was because of someone liking me and taking a chance on me. But any audition, so I've you make never, your own opportunities. I mean, I think everyone's looking for a certain type, and yeah. I'm just not like a type. It's, I'm a type of person that you have to look and go, "Wow, you know what? I think it'd be cool to have him as an addition to this because he'll bring something different to the table." And a lot of people don't want to go against what they're married to, which is their thoughts and what yeah. they believe that this should be. So therefore. I don't get like all the auditions that I audition for. I had an audition and I was, uh, it was like for like some high energy drink or something. And I was just being me, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the guy in the audition room was like, I'm, I got, I hate to interrupt you, but I'm, I'm kind of falling asleep here. <laughs> this is, uh, this is pretty boring. It was, it was nine o'clock. Like the day had just started. He had, he had a coffee <laughs> right in front of him. And I was just like, you know, when it, when you're, when it's one person at a live show, like a, right. one heckler, you could deal with that. You could deal but with when that. it's the only guy when in the room, just the one to do in the room, you got you. Dude, auditioning crazy. is the worst. Auditioning is the worst. The you feel so corny, right? So corny, like so self-aware. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to do it. Yeah, right. Get it out there. Anything that you thought, like, oh, I didn't nail that one, and then like. Oh, it's been ones where I've I've walked out and went, "Yo, if they don't pick me, they are crazy." Right. And they, I guess, and they were, were crazy. crazy <laughs> they didn't pick me. Right. And then there's certain auditions I left out of, like that was horrible. And then they called me back, but then they didn't call me back again. So. And I also just shot another uh, barbershop, right? Yeah, Barbershop 3. Yeah, the new ones in theaters. Yeah. Was, How was that? You shot that here in Chicago, right? Uh, Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had we shot we shot the other two in Chicago, but this one we had to shoot in Atlanta. I think it was tax reasons. They yeah, made Chicago's taxing everything. They think they saved like six million going to Atlanta to shoot. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because of the taxes here. 
Barbershop, like that whole series has been such a staple in the Chicago community. You yeah. know, be one of the first big blockbusters, I think, of that era that was shot here. Yeah. Used a lot of Chicago comics, a lot of Chicago actors. Mm-hmm. Was it fun being back with that crew again and yeah, seeing all the great. same people? It was great. Shout out to Ice Cube and, and Sid and, and uh, Eve and, you know, the whole crew. Uh, and, and the new people. Common, Chicago's mm-hmm. own, Lamorne, oh, yeah, right. Morris from New Girl, Chicago's right. own, and uh, yeah, just being with all the greats, Nicki Minaj and JB Smooth and you know, everybody, yeah, Unkarsh and Margot and everybody was great. You There's know? such a talent pool in Chicago, and I, I love how you carry a flag for Chicago. Like I saw in the yeah. sketches of Conan, you had the flag in your office. Yeah, you got the tat. I see. Yeah, right here. <laughs> I mean, people are there's so much pride here in Chicago. When you come back to your hometown, what's what's some places you got to hit, like restaurant wise or club wise or? I go to all, I go to jokes and notes and perform. I always go to do do a do pizzeria. Yeah, I go there first and foremost. My family, like off the air, like Mika and my son, they. They're like, very why are you nice, up? like, oh, yeah, but they're tired of pizza. They hate that. <laughs> they don't like going there. You go right but from like, the airport. They're like, why don't you come say hi first? Like, nah, like no. Meet how's me at Dewey. How's me about a hug? <laughs> yeah, I know that. Meet me at Dewey. Yeah, Dewey. Um, I go to um, this place called The Lobster. It's not even no fancy restaurant, but it's so delicious. But those are the best sometimes, Yo, right? it's so delicious. It's like in your neighborhood? Yeah, no, this is right downtown on Clark Street. I go there and eat all the time. And, um, yeah, those are some spots that I hit. And then go listen to some house music, go disco spots, and go to a place called Francis Cocktail Lounge on 75th. And, yeah, and hang out with my guys, and Dave and Chris and Tone and Reg. And, yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. I, I admire like as a comic I admire that like your work but also like you are able to cross over you do the urban rooms you do the white rooms mm-hmm. you work everywhere mm-hmm. what's the biggest difference when you're doing a show like do you change your act at all or do you I don't actually change it that's one thing about me if it doesn't work with everybody then I tend to get rid of it but I have material for everybody you know, you know, this ain't like rocket science what we do and a lot of comedians just spend their time, you know, making one group of people laugh, but and and it spoiled the audience a little bit. Now audiences come to show sometime with that make me laugh attitude and you know, comedy should be like a movie theater. You you should come to escape, you know, yeah. and uh, get into the world of that comic that's up there and how they think and how they visualize things and you know, I'm just trying to keep that on track and have people come to a show and, you know, get into my world and make it as quirky and original and different to the point where you have to stay with me. And if you don't, then if you, one word you miss, you might be off track the rest of the night, you know. So uh, I just try to stay original like that and, and bring that that um, that fulfillment of escape to yeah. stand up. And that is what you do. I mean, watching your stuff, it's like, do you, do you think, though, that comedy is a little bit on the ropes right now in terms of, like, all the political correct bullshit, like, all that nonsense? Yeah, we're not like we used to be. We used to be able to say whatever we wanted. Now you have to watch what you say. I was just in New York last week at the Upfronts, and I ran into Damon Wayans. Yeah. And we were in the elevator together, and I was asking him, did he really catch a lot of flack over that Bill Cosby thing? And people, like, got on him, and he told me he retired told me he doesn't just stand up no more and I was like wow really mad about that yeah and I was like dude you can't retire and he he said some of the realest stuff I ever heard he told me he was like I'm an American I I no longer have an opinion wow and I it was nothing I could say after that I just looked at him like right (laughs) that is some of the realest stuff I ever heard he was like I'm retired. He was like, he's like, when people ask me what's going on overseas and what's going on with, um, you know, what's going on in Iraq and Iran, he said, I tell them. He said, I'm an American. I no longer have an opinion. But it's like, think about what comics are saying, and you get crap for that, and then you got a guy running for president saying, like, the most ridiculous stuff, which I saw on uh, one of the Conan clips, you call Trump a racist Oompa Loompa. Mm. <laughs> thought that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you go after him a lot in your act? Uh, not in my act, I don't. I, I haven't went after him because, you know. It's just not your life. I mean, 
that's I'm giving him power. Yeah. If yeah. I bring him up. Right. I don't want to bring. Well, that's what we like to get into here. Really, on the cycle. <laughs> a lot of deep, heavy political <laughs> stuff. All right, so let's get back to what you're doing. Now, you're the plane that crashed. No, <laughs> I don't know how we ended up there. This is what it happens just when, happened. when you talk with comics. You just go. Like, people will be like, "Oh, you guys just get, laugh it up the whole time." It's like, no, it goes down <laughs> real. It dark. goes into some dark places. Uh, Did you? New uh, handicap ramp should be. No. <laughs> Did you get loose for the first pitch? You nervous about throwing out? I am excited. I, I practice. Yeah. And I have, yeah, I have a newfound respect for uh, <laughs> pictures. <laughs> I looked it up online. I said, okay, let me see how far the home base is from the pitcher mount. What? <laughs> and then I walked it, and my son was at the other end. I was like, isn't this far? <laughs> he he's couldn't like, hear you. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm throwing the ball to my son, Dylan. He's like, you just hear him fall away. Ouch. <laughs> That's a good sign, We should get it to him. Yeah. His, yeah. Have you watched other people's first pitches to know what not to do? Like to- Only had to watch one. Okay, which one? 50, 50 cents. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's 50s, the, that, that is the go-to. All time. You Go have to watch that. And is, you don't have to watch no yeah. other ones. Yeah. Yeah. If you do that, we're going to bring you back in here. <laughs> and we're going to have a completely different interview. <laughs> and we're going to talk. Again, totally. you see Chance? You talk about uh, hip hop wearing the socks hat. Chance is rocking it now. Yeah, he is. And he, uh, what was the dance he did? The hit, hit them folks. folks. He hit, hit them folks hit after. Them folks. <laughs> he did it after his first. You know. He did. How, how was his pitch? He great did great dance. dance. Great dance. <laughs> Incredible. He hit the folks all right. He may not have hit the glove, but he hit the folks. You know. Yeah, man. All right, so listen, you guys, oh, if, you, if you don't know Deion Cole, you're way behind the game. Check him this out. This guy is fantastic, one of the best comics working, and he's from Chicago. you got to check him out. He's got a new Comedy Central special that he already shot. Yeah, Capitol Hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be out June 25th, and then on June 6th, season two, second season of Angie Tribeca. You guys, is it a marathon season drop again? No, nah, no, nah, nah, it's, it's just going episode to episode. Yeah. All right, perfect. And uh, and look for him in his recurring role on Blackish. As yeah, well. absolutely. And then you also have a voiceover gig coming. Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up soon. Yeah, we don't have no date. We still filming. But so. tell them what it's about. Uh, it's about the very first black N- uh, NBA uh, basketball player. All right, that- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of slavery there. You know? <laughs> Speaking of slavery. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no man, it's so what a pleasure to meet you. I have man, a lot of respect likewise, for what you're doing. Uh, what's your Twitter? Plug your Twitter. It's at D E O N C O L E as well as my Instagram at D E O N C O L E and everything else is Dion Cole Four on, on Periscope and Snapchat and I hardly ever go on it, but go on there. <laughs> All right, man, good out yeah. there. Fill up that glove. Yes. Thanks for being here, Dion Cole. All right, that's it. That was Dion Cole and Elio Castroneves. I hope great. you guys enjoyed those conversations. Dude, those great interviews. You guys did a great job with that. You know what? It's sometimes I feel good about these. I'm always. It's like doing shows. Like you always look back. You're like, God, what could I have done better? What could I have done? And I always will do that. And I'll never be completely comfortable with what we just recorded. And even right now, as I'm talking, I kind of hate what I'm saying. But <laughs> My point You're is doing well. You're doing my well. point is I felt pretty good about that episode. I really enjoyed those two guys. Back to back. It was just a fun night. It's kinda like, you know, I really like that Rob Manfred, the commissioner in uh Steve Lyons episode. Right. Like it was just Oh, the the other one that Jim Flanagan did with you? Those, yeah, right. Those right, are your right, favorite right. ones? All right. That's cool. I, I know what you're saying. Well when we work together, you're you you maybe you surpass me. Maybe you are just Listen, everyone knows that I'm good at asking great questions. <laughs> everyone knows that. But this but this interview it helps that they're seasoned pros. Like they're they're used to being on in front of the camera. You know a lot of times athletes that's that, like their least favorite thing to do. But right. but being an auto racing, like the dude's always being interviewed, being a comedian and actor, he's comfortable with being right, in front exactly. of the camera and so they know they know where you're, what the what their purpose is, right? You know, as opposed to like, for example, when you did the sky and we just jumped them and then you just <laughs> interrogated them and like they were like, what is going on? But these guys were like, no, well, let's go. I want answers. <laughs> I want answers now. No one leaves. No one leaves. But yeah.
So yeah, it was great, man. It was a great interview. Well, I, again, you know, we've said this before. When we talked at SoxFest, when we pitched this idea to the White Sox, and this became a reality, this was the goal. These people are coming through the stadium. Neither of these guys play for the White Sox. Neither of these guys play or are employed by Major League Baseball. Right. But they're in the stadium. They're interesting. Let's talk to them. Right. I think that's what that's what makes this podcast I think special. It's like yeah, it's it's a White Sox podcast, but it's but White Sox we the community has so much more to offer, and we have some amazing talent that come through the turnstiles here, and let's we want to get them, we want to get them, interview them, and let you listen to them and see. What else is going on in the city? Yeah, and that's why we want to hear from you people. Uh, we would love you to email us at thecycle at shysocks.com. Tell us some funny stories. Suggest some guests. Uh, just interact with us. and uh, t- Tweet at us. You can follow us on Twitter. And uh, we, you know, we certainly love to hear from you, and we will respond. And, and since this is a bonus episode, I'm going to share with you some bonus information that I will be at Zany's and Rosemont June 21st through the 26th. Actually, I'll be at Rosemont and downtown that week. So check it out, uh, zanies.com or my website, kevinbozeman.com. Yeah, make sure you check him out. And make sure you get to whitesocks.com. You go to whitesocks.com slash BBQ battle. And uh, June 10th, Friday night, they're going to have a, a battle out on the fan deck. Jeff Morrow, who was on our previous episode, the Sandwich King, is taking on Frank Thomas. They're going to have a cook-off. So you might get some food out there. Oh, Starts man. at 545. Love it. You get a game ticket, and you get access to the fan deck for the cook-off. All right? Make sure you're on iTunes. Download, subscribe, tell your friends. We love you guys listening to us, and we will be back soon with another episode of The Cycle. Bye. He gone. He did it. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.